Welcome to Amazon Legends, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became power sellers, also providers specializing in helping sellers, aggregators that acquire sellers, and former Amazonians will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here is your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. My next guest today started selling on Amazon when he was in high school. And uh, we're going to hear more about his his early life experience because he, he sounds like the kind of person who was born with a diploma to be an entrepreneur. Because right after high school, he starts to build his private label and he starts selling it all over the place including Walmart stores across the country. And today, he's the CEO and founder of Cellcorp, which is a private label seller and also a full-service Walmart agency specifically designed for Amazon sellers. So um, as I mentioned, his private label products are sold all over the the, the country in all the Walmart stores. And, And outside of work, uh, he likes vacationing, but he likes the kind of vacationing that where you do nothing, just sit, mm-hmm. lie down and relax, no activity, no nothing. So uh, with that, everybody meet my guest, Michael Lebhardt. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So as my listeners know that we always cover the early life experiences of an entrepreneur towards the end of the show spend a few minutes to get to know you better. But in your case, I'm especially curious because someone who starts building private labor right after high school, there must be God knows how many different types of signs. So maybe our listeners will see those in their own kids or or identify with it. So we'll have that discussion at the end. So, So everybody listening to the show, this is a show that you must follow minute by minute, mainly because Michael knows exactly what it takes to sell on Amazon. And at the same time, especially now, he knows the post-aggregator acquisition era, you've got to have a diverse business. And the first thing that comes to mind is, of course, uh, you can always start on your website, but launch another marketplace. And that one, obviously, is Walmart. So uh, this is the most common sense approach to scaling your operation, except that Walmart is a whole different marketplace, is a whole different approach. And Michael and I will dissect this whole operation into what is the way to do this and where do you start? What are some significant milestones, things that you have to be ready for and things like that. So that's the subject of our conversation today. And with that, uh, Michael, give us the most important things to do to do this right. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to give like the checklist of kind of items and then we could dive into a little more details about them. But, you know, as you said, you know, Walmart's um, the main, if you're an experienced Amazon seller, you understand how marketplaces work. And that's why as long as you follow the details of that are specific to Walmart, you could be really successful on it because in a lot of ways it operates similar to Amazon because it's also a marketplace, but there's a lot of nuances that are different about Walmart and you're going to want to make sure you understand those. Um, And it's the fastest growing marketplace. So it makes sense to, as the next place to really put your effort there. Um, And they're, you know, I always say they're the only real contender to Amazon. They have the money, they have the will to really um, compete at that level. And, you know, they're putting in the effort to do that and they're moving really quickly and uh, initiating new programs. So I would say is that, you know, some, some of people listening might've tried with Walmart before. Some are just thinking about getting started. Um, And I think it's just important to know there's a ton of opportunity on the platform. There's a lot of opportunities that could leave from selling on, on Walmart marketplace, but it's very important to treat it with its own, approach and its own guidelines and its own respect, so to say, so you could really be successful on the platform because there's so much opportunity. Um, and just, you know, that's going to be the main thing. Are you going to want to follow the key points of what's really important with Walmart? And um, it's going to go through from item setup, 
um, to how to item set up to how you structure your cat your catalog to how you optimize your listings to how you get your listings indexed properly and ranked to how you leverage advertising how you leverage promotions and how you scale that further into buyer relationships which could grow into more opportunities so those are like the main topics that we're going to go through and discuss and how to address each of those so when you and i discussed this first um, you mentioned something about being walmart ready so Tell us what that is. So, because it may not everybody may be ready just because you're selling on Amazon. So, the most important thing that I want to first address is when is the right time to launch on Walmart? At the same time as Amazon, or once your revenues hit certain level, or once your advertising kind of is optimized? I'm not looking for a like a a specific calendar timeline or six months, three months. I'm looking for events. What are the events that you are looking for in your Amazon operation when you say, okay, time has come for us to do Walmart? That's a great question. And whenever people come to us that they want us to help with them with Walmart, we always kind of analyze, like, are they actually fit for Walmart? Because it only makes sense to work people who are actually fit for Walmart. And that's the biggest thing because it doesn't not, it's not the right fit for everybody. And there's some, um, it doesn't, makes sense at certain points for different brands. So um, the way I like um, identifying that is number one is do you have a, a larger catalog of products? And I would say anything over like probably six to seven items. If you have one or two items, most likely you're not going to want to launch on Walmart yet. Um, number two is going to be your revenue, um, your revenue. Now there there's a wide range of uh, what revenue and for what categories it makes sense. But I would say if you're doing under $20,000 a month on Amazon, then you have so much more work to do with Amazon before it really makes sense to put your effort on Walmart. Because what that's going to mean is that your effort's going to go away from Amazon um, and going to start going to Walmart, where even though it's really good opportunity, but you, you know, Amazon's a much bigger marketplace. So you're going to want to establish your sales and your revenue there and your business much more there. So that way you have, it's much easier for you to expand into Walmart. So I would say, in my mind, if you're doing over 20,000 on Amazon, then it makes potentially sense. Now, if you're, you know, you're fully, if you're doing over 20,000, sometimes it makes sense to do internally. Sometimes it works with partners to do it because you already have, you know, some investment that you could do into that. So I would say the revenue number is, is one key thing. And then number three is the catalog of products that you have. And that's really important. If you have really niche products that are, um, you know, more premium niche, um, much lower market, um, opportunity, I would say you need to be way further along your Amazon journey to make it worth it to sell on Walmart, right? But if you, even if you're pretty early in your Amazon journey, but you have a, a you have a more established catalog, more products that are more generic in larger kind of categories, um, then you're going to, it makes sense at an earlier point to get into Walmart because you're going to be able to bring in revenue from Walmart um, pretty quickly and at pretty low cost that might be hard to bring that in on Amazon because there's the competition much lower. So as opposed to like Amazon, when you have those high niche products, like those are gonna be the ones that make the sales on, on Walmart. A lot of times the more generic products, you're, there's just much more volume there for those products. So um, that's another kind of caveat within the decision to kind of decide if you're Walmart ready. Um, and you know, lastly, I think you're gonna to wanna to make sure inventory wise that you're, Walmart has a program that's similar to Amazon FBA, but you're just going to want to make sure you have enough inventory to allocate to send into Walmart, because if you're going to be running out on Amazon, it's not worth it. If you know, you have limited inventory. So for larger brands, you know, it's usually not an issue. You just have to plan for it. Um, if you're a smaller, newer brand, then you're going to want to make sure about that. Okay. All right. Well, you mentioned four different things and I want to first, dig into these a little bit and then ask uh, some questions around them. So the first one is if you have one or two SKUs, you're saying it's not a good idea to go to Walmart. Is that because uh, the SKUs may be niche and therefore may not uh, get much traction? Or is it because you want to launch different SKUs on Amazon and Walmart? So reason being is that Walmart has obviously much lower revenue than amazon.com. Walmart.com has lower revenue than amazon.com. With limited amount of SKUs, it's hard to bring in enough revenue 
where it's worth the effort is that you're putting in, right? So if you have, um, because Am Amazon's like all about, if you're able to get products ranked, then you're able to make in some categories like unlimited amounts of sales. With Walmart, um, it's not necessarily the case. And just because you have a product and you get it ranked, it doesn't, it might not bring in significant enough revenue. So, but if you have a larger assortment of products throughout those products, then there's enough revenue where it makes the effort more worthwhile. And the effort could be your internal, I, I we think about like the cost of, operating right like what's the you know what's the cost that it's going to cost you internally versus your time if it's just you if it's your team um or it's using a provider like what's that going to cost and how, how's the value against that so that's a big thing that we try to keep in mind um i think when you're thinking about walmart there's two components to it right there's the opportunity that it's the fast scoring marketplace you get your products ranked now and you grow with the marketplace so you always want to keep that in mind because even if you're not making the most exciting amount of sales now, you're growing with the marketplace. But at the same time, you still want to make sure you're operating your business in a, in especially if you're writing on tighter margins and you don't have, you know, a lot of capital. You want to make sure you're operating it efficiently and in a smart manner. So you, even though there is opportunity and you want to get ranked really high and you want to grow with the marketplace, you you don't want to bleep money as you're doing it because it doesn't become sustainable. So we try to like finding that balance where like you could be profitable on the interaction, but don't evaluate just based on the amount of sales you're making with Walmart. Think about also the growth that you're growing with Walmart every month. You're securing that high rank. So that's been a big part of how we evaluate. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is it's not necessarily just one or two SKUs. You don't want to be building a business on Amazon, on Walmart, unlike Amazon, just selling a limited number of SKUs because the volume is much, much smaller. So that's why you want to be able to spread your revenue base. Okay, I understand. So that means that, because uh, usually when, when I work with Amazon sellers, I always tell them, look, do not go launching 10 different SKUs because each one is going to take its time to get indexed and blah, blah. So does that mean that on Walmart, you actually want to launch many SKUs at the same time? Yeah, so that's what's really interesting is usually for most categories, like most people aren't launching products specifically for Walmart. So usually they already have an established catalog from another marketplace. So usually sometimes we'll do it in batches if it's a really large catalog, but most of the time we'll be able to launch most of their products at the same time because they're as long as you're following the right strategies and tactics, you could get products ranked really efficiently to the top of search results at very low cost so you don't you don't need a you just focus on one product and invest the money in one product you could have pretty substantial efforts across all of them so yeah like if you have 12 products we suggest launching all 12 products um from the start okay and the next thing you mentioned is twenty thousand dollars a month has to be your minimum so it's like quarter of a million dollars in a year if yep. you're not doing quarter of a million in a year you're not ready yet so keep building and then, of course, keep building does not mean just push the revenue up on each item if you have only one or two. Add more items before you go to Walmart. The third one is if you are in a niche category, those are called micro categories. In fact, uh, for those listening, uh, there is an episode with uh, his name is Alan. Uh, I forget his last name, but... It's all about micro categories. Look it up. Uh, if you are in those, this is not going to be a good fit. And the last one is my interest. That's uh, it, where my interest is the most. You said, if you have enough inventory, I will add one more thing to that and tell me what you think. You may have enough inventory, but if you're not able to have an inventory management system that tracks your inventory in multiple locations, this also will be an issue, right? Because it's another location where you will track how many pieces left, how many pieces, uh, pieces selling and things like that, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, you're going to want to make sure you're, you're tracking that and keeping account for that because you don't want to run out of stock. But on Walmart, it's not as bad to run out of stock as, Am as Amazon, but it's still, you have to build back up when you run out of stock and you, know, you lose yeah. some of your ranking juice. Okay. All right. Good. So we covered what it takes to be Walmart ready. So let's now jump into the roadmap. What is the roadmap? So I'm doing about $750,000 on Amazon and uh, I've got about 15 items. So what am I doing next? What you're going to do first is first take your catalog and then really analyze um, what categories 
your products should be going into. So um, when you list your products, when you get, when you list your products, there's a few levels of categories that apply to products. Um, and um, so there's like a product type, a category and like a category path. Um, so you're going to want to think, look at some of your competitors and see what, first of all, what category makes the most sense for your product. You likely know it. Sometimes people don't understand, but there's a couple different categories your product could go into. And sometimes um, there's a couple categories that are lower percentage fees. So you're going to just want to check and see what category to put yourselves into. Um, and then for your products and then your category path, you're going to want to just have an idea of what category path shows above the image. It's like the breadcrumbs. So you're going to want to see, you know, what makes the most sense for your product, have an idea of that. Now, the main thing we preach with Walmart is that Walmart wants your listing to be structured differently than Amazon. A lot of Walmart traffic comes from Google, right? So um, when people search for products, they search on Google for products and Walmart has a high domain authority. So their listings come up really high in Google. So people find a lot from Google. Now, Google indexes a lot based on unique content. So if Walmart has the same content in Amazon, it's not good for them. So they want unique content. So that's why um, they push you to actually have unique content. That's one of the reasons. They also want their catalog structured in a certain way. They don't want long titles. They don't want, um, you know, misspellings within their descriptions, obviously, and different things like that. So they have something called style guides. For every category, there's a style guide and it's available within the Walmart seller help. Um, there's, uh, they have the style guides. And for every category, they have certain requirements of what they want, what they want out of their images, what they want out of their titles, what they want out of their descriptions, what they want in the back-end fields. Back-end fields are very important to Walmart. So what you're going to want to do is go through listing setup and a proper listing setup. And that's going to be everywhere from first doing keyword research specific to Walmart. You're going to want to find what keywords perform well on Walmart, not necessarily the same keywords as Amazon. You're going to a lot of times want to go for after much more aggressive keywords and much more general keywords. Amazon shoppers are used to writing more specific terms to get the results they want. Walmart shoppers don't shop like that. So you're going to, number one, want to make sure you're doing that correct keyword research. Once you're doing the correct keyword research, you're going to want to take those keywords and rewrite your title descriptions and key features to match the style guides that Walmart wants. They want their, they want their titles much shorter, right? I think it's like 75 categories, some um, characters, some categories is a little bit different. It's approximately that range. They want their descriptions done a certain way and they want their key features done a certain way. So you're going to want to study those and make sure you write your listings specifically for that. That's a really big thing. We, whenever we onboard a client, like we always, always do that as a baseline because otherwise you're fighting an uphill battle where you're going to try to get ranked. You're going to try to do all these efforts, but it's just not going to be as effective because you're not structured correctly. So that's really important um, to do those core things properly. Walmart has something called a listing quality score, which gives you some indication of how you're doing in that regard. Um, and it'll tell you if you have a misspelling or your title's too long, and it'll tell you the basic things. But to have a really good idea, you're going to want to actually read the style guides and get a better understanding because it doesn't cover everything. Um, and it's still important to keep in mind that you want to balance SEO best practices. So Walmart tells you to do a bunch of stuff, but not all those things are necessarily the best for you on an SEO perspective. So you're going to want to balance that and use kind of judgment. And that's what we do when we create listings. It's like Walmart wants the title to be a certain length. So you want to write the title a certain range. But if your score is, and we could get into a lot of details about this, but if your score is already high enough, um, so over a certain percentage, um, over 85%, a lot of times that's good enough to get ranked really well. And let's say you, there's a, an, another keyword for your product that's really important and has a lot of search volume and you can't fit it into your title. It might be worth going over their character limit on the title and adding in that word and you'll lose a few points, but because you did really well on the rest of the items, then it's not going to make a difference to your rank. And now from an SEO perspective, you're going to index better for that keyword. So it's important to balance the SEO part of it too. And that's kind of when the listing setup um, portion comes into play and really understanding setting up the listing properly. Um, and really that's kind of a really big thing. Now it's really, really important once you set up your listing to then check it because a lot of times the edits don't go through properly. So you might have to open up cases to push certain of the edits through. There's different reasons why some edits might not go through and you're going to want to make sure those edits actually reflect and aren't just reflecting on the back end. Okay. All right. So Really, if I need to summarize this in a few words, do not use the content you have 
on Amazon for Walmart. Walmart yep. is completely different. If if Amazon accepts the misspellings because they bring volume, this is not the case. Walmart does not like misspellings. If Amazon has long titles to drive traffic because you want to put, that's not the case with Walmart. And and one thing I uh, heard you say very important is Walmart gets most of its traffic from Google, so you really have to optimize also for Google, and which is where your SEO uh, comments, I guess, are important. Uh, so uh, very valuable information. Uh, I want to I want to understand there's because as you know there's more content on Amazon, so I want to see what is the counterpart on Walmart. But before I do that. Um, let's also address a little bit of the uh, status situation. So as a brand owner on Amazon, you have something called brand registry, and then you have to register it and then get the whole thing set up so that you have access to uh, brand analytics. So is there something similar on Walmart? What's the story there? Yeah, so that's a great question. That's a great lead-in because... The big reason why issues don't go through oftentimes is related to a brand registry issue. So Walmart has a program called Brand Portal, and any brand can sign up for it. You enroll your brand into it, and then um, you're gonna you're 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 gonna put in your trademark information. It's gonna authorize it, and then you're gonna be the registered brand owner. Once you're the registered brand owner, now if um, you know certain people are listing your product, you could open a case with Walmart to become the content owner. That's a really big thing within the Walmart ecosystem, which is called a content ownership, right? It's a marketplace, right? So likely if you're coming new to Walmart, if you were already selling well, likely somebody else, list, a wholesaler listed your product on Walmart, right? So that listing already exists and they created the content. So they're the content owner, but a brand has higher authority. So you would technically become the content owner, but it's not automatic all the time. You have to open up a case with Walmart to get content ownership rights for that listing. So then you could change the details of the listing. Um, because the way it works is the first person who created the listing actually has the content and then you have to re gain ownership of the content. Okay. So on Amazon, there is a, a relationship between setting up your brand registry account and setting up your seller central account. And if you do it the wrong way, it becomes hard to connect them to each other. So on seller central uh, there is a primary user as a concept. You have your primary user. So what I always recommend people uh, who are brand owners, first create your brand registry account, get your brand application in, and then go create your Seller Central account from inside brand registry. So that way, that same username is used on both of those so that you don't have any issues where you know, you don't have rights to this, you don't have rights to that because one person with one email created the Seller Central account and then another person created the brand registry and then they have to authorize each other. It gets complicated. So is there such a thing on uh, Walmart also? Is it, uh, or just anybody and you just link them up? Yeah, so you could create it. It's anybody could, and you just link them up. Um, you could create it within Seller Center. It leads you to it. Um, and you just link them up. And if you need to change admin access, it's pretty easy. So um, we haven't seen that as an issue. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that one's pretty straightforward. Um, and it's a pretty easy portal to use. Um, so you, you could add multiple brands under it. Um, and yeah, that works well. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's go back to the content conversation. So the next thing that you have with Amazon is, of course, images. So... Uh, Amazon provides 12, I believe, up to 12 pictures to be put in your image stack. And then you have videos. So is it the same on Walmart? And then uh, share with us some of the best practices uh, on Walmart images. Because on Amazon images, there is a certain approach to it. We've done several episodes about it uh, to tell your story. Uh, can you pretty much use the same or do you have to create different ones? Great question. For the most part, you could use the same images. And if your images are optimized for Amazon, they're likely will work well for Walmart. Um, you know, we both know like people don't read a lot of the copy on the side and the key features and the, and the descriptions. You really tell your product story through images. Um, so you're gonna really wanna do that through your images. Now, for the most part, if you do the same size images, you'll be fine. Um, 
some caveats with Walmart and some things are a little bit different is that you're going to want to, number one is for the main image, um, the requirements are, are looser. So sometimes you're going to want to inc include other elements within the main image. So whether that's, you know, showing a stamp that shows like the, about how many servings or whether that's like highlighting a certain feature about the product within the main image, you're going to want to do that um, because you could do that. Um, within different categories, there's sometimes different, a little bit of different practices. For example, in furniture, um, you're meant to use your product within a background, not on a white background, within an environment. So um, th that's like within the furniture category in Walmart. Um, in the supplement category in Walmart, you'll start seeing like um, Walmart merchants and buyers are, are asking their brands to actually include a panel next to the product that actually highlights some of the products um, details. So whether it's, you know, the amount of vitamin C it has in it or some of the benefits of it. So um, you'll see that and there's a couple other categories, we'll see some similarities. Um, but for the most part, it's the same guidelines and the main images, there are some differences. I want to introduce Cellcore to all my listeners. As you all know, it's essential to add another selling channel to Amazon. Even though Walmart is the natural addition, you need the know-how to hit the ground running. Cellcord is a Walmart-approved agency for launching and scaling Amazon brands on Walmart and even getting you into Walmart stores. They manage over 400 brands and 100,000 products. They were kind enough to offer my listeners a free comprehensive audit and a $500 statement credit. Visit www.cellcord.co forward slash legends and mention Amazon Legends to activate this offer. But do it quickly because this offer may not last long. www.cellcord.co forward slash legends. Okay. So one thing that... Amazon does not allow is text on the main image. So is that the case for Walmart or do they allow text on the main image? So I think officially within the terms of service, they don't want any other elements on the main um, listing, but in some categories, they specifically ask for it. So it, it really, it really depends on your category. And most times it doesn't get flagged at all. So what I would say is like, if you have something really good element to do, put it in there. If it gets flagged, you could change it and put it right one. Okay. All right. So the videos I'm assuming you can use the same videos, right? Yeah. So great question about videos. Videos is, um, is something Walmart has a program called, um, rich media, which is equivalent to a plus content on Amazon. The difference between, Rich Media and A-plus content. Um, Rich Media has a little more capabilities and a little more flexible than A-plus content, um, but you have you can't host it directly through Walmart. So you have to pay a, a content provider to host it. We're one of the host people that host it, but you host content through a provider and then it shows on your Walmart listing. Now for videos, so there's a bunch of different modules. For videos, you could either use a provider. There is a way to do it um, directly through Walmart, it's a little more complicated and you're a little more limited amount of videos, but you could add videos and 360 images as well on your listing. Um, and I'm not sure how many videos, but you could add a bunch of videos on your listing. I don't, I think the requirement, the, the details for how many videos you could add are a lot, like you could add a lot of videos. Um, and what we oftentimes do is videos you could have within your images, but then you could also have videos within your feature set, which is the equivalent of EBC, of enhanced brand content. So you could have videos within there you could also have like videos within FAQs. Um, you could have, there's a bunch of different places where you can include videos within your Walmart listing if you're leveraging enhanced content. I see. Okay. So, um, so as far as again, comparing Amazon to Walmart one-to-one -one, uh, videos, you can upload your own videos. So you don't need a provider. You can provide yep. those, right? And yeah, unlike Amazon, you can, you have video, you have the capability to insert videos in multiple places yourself right. as the seller, right? Right, yep. And uh, you mentioned something about uh, rich media. Is, is that the equivalent of A plus? 
Correct. Yeah, it's the equivalent of A+, plus, but you need to use a provider for it. You can't do it directly through Walmart. I see. So uh, for Amazon sellers, I'm translating everything to the Amazon yep. terminal. So uh, a, if you want to have your A+, plus, you need to go to a provider and then pay them. But yep. you still have to design it yourself. Just provide the files and then they do the hosting, right? Correct. Yeah, so it's similar to how most other online retailers do it besides Amazon is that like uh, it's through a provider and then it shows on their detail page. Like that's how Target is. That's how like CVS and Walgreens.com and all those are as well. Yeah. So I, I'm getting the, the the impression that Walmart does not want to host anything. So, but pictures you can upload or do you have to provide URLs? So you could upload and you could act, um, use a URL. Um, the core reason why rich media is has is through a provider just because it's so heavy in content and it's a newer program. So like eventually they might integrate rich media into um into Walmart system themselves. But it's just that's how most other most online retailers besides for Amazon do it. Um, is where they don't host enhanced content. Okay, so I think Amazon's the only one that hosts enhanced content themselves. Can you share with us some approximate costs of what these providers charge for hosting the rich media? Yeah, so every provider is different. I know for us, it's $10 a month um, per parent SKU, um, and that includes all the modules. Um, so it's $10 a month, and it's only you only pay on the parent SKU, so you don't pay for variations on the parent SKU, and that includes all the modules. So there's like seven different modules you have, um, and that includes all them. Some providers charge for each module separately. Some make you sign contracts. them. I mean, just there's different ways, um, but that's how we work. And does Walmart also have like Amazon standard A plus premium A plus where one comes with X number of modules, the other one with a lot more with a lot more flexibility. Is that the so case? the basic one comes with the, with the flexibility that the better one on Amazon comes with. So it's like the basic one that you, there's only one and the, that one comes with like a lot of flexibility, a lot of modules, ability for video, ability to even add links to other Walmart pages. So it comes with a lot. So they have, they are offering the standard A plus content on Walmart that is equivalent to premium. A plus. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, that's understandable. You know, if you're trying to take market share, you have to be better than your competition. Okay. So, okay. Let's dig into some other areas on Amazon for listings that come in very handy. Uh, and also, frankly, the, the one I'm going to mention is mandatory to have. Reviews, ratings and reviews. Let's discuss that a little bit. How does that work? How? What is the strict nature of it? And some share with us, uh, do they offer similar to the Vine program, the program that will get reviews for you when you launch a new listing? And, and share with us that rating review aspect of it a little bit. For sure. So one thing, a couple things to note about Walmart is Reviews are important as in any other online, as in any every online retailer and online platform. They aren't going to play as much of a role as on Amazon. Customers on Walmart are not review shoppers, I'll call it, um, as much, but they obviously still have a big impact. Now, there's a few ways um, to address reviews. First of all, 80%, really second of all, 80% of all the reviews on walmart.com are actually syndicated reviews, meaning they're not le reviews left by Walmart customers. They're from other platforms brought onto Walmart. And that's the same where people um, get shocked by that, but that's how most online retailers work and other online marketplaces. Amazon runs differently, but Ulta Beauty, CVS, Walgreens, it's usually syndicated reviews. So it's reviews brought from customers' websites or other customer, other online channels onto there. So um, Walmart has a few ways Amazon? to- they, they pick up the Amazon reviews as well? No, so Amazon's the only one that most people don't pick up the reviews because Amazon technically owns those reviews um, and um, Walmart doesn't let you bring over those reviews. Some people still bring them over, but you're not supposed to bring over those reviews. And the way to address reviews is there's really like three main core strategies. One, syndication. You apply for syndicate review syndication. It's a free program. You could also work with a provider like Bizarre Voice, Yapo, but there's no reason to, to doing that. You could, um, unless you have a ton of reviews from different channels that are hard to aggregate. 
Um, you could just use the free program. Um, you just type into Google Walmart review syndication. There's a form. It's a simple form. You fill out. Um, you get enrolled in the program. If you get approved for it, um, and they ask you for a CSV of your reviews, and then they push those onto your listings, um, live onto your listings, and they'll show on your listings. Um, you know, if it's from your website, it'll say from a, cu a customer from you know this website, and it'll show that. Um, but you know, those hold a lot of weight for a couple of reasons. First of all you know, the reviews that show on the listing when somebody clicks into it, it's going to have that number of reviews and they're still going to, and you know, it's going to balance out if you get other bad reviews and things like that. It's still going to help balance it out. Obviously it doesn't show verified review, but it still helps a lot. The second thing you could do for reviews is Walmart has a similar program to um, Vine, which is the, the, the um, review accelerator program, which is basically you just, uh, you, you can enroll your product in it. I forgot the exact cost, but it's similar to Vine. Um, and uh, you can roll your product in it. There's a few requirements of your product has to, you have to, has been in stock. You have to have sold a couple units of it. There's a couple of basic requirements and you can roll your product in it and works very similar to Vine. Um, and, you know, that's going to be the other core thing people do for reviews. Now, if you have a review, if you have a group of customers that purchase products from you that are, likely to leave reviews and you want to do a view programs from them, you could send targeted traffic and follow up with those customers to leave reviews. They're your own customers. So it's not against terms of service to do that. And Walmart isn't as strict with those type of programs. So if you have um, things like that, you might also want to leverage things like that to get verified reviews on your listing. Okay. So with with Amazon reviews are part of the the algorithm that drives search. I'm hearing that's not necessarily the case for Walmart, right? So yeah, um, it used to be um, a bigger part of there's a, a score called content than your listing quality score, and a portion of that used to be based on reviews. I think as of this week it got removed, or as of last week it got removed, and it doesn't play into that score or if it plays into that score, it's in a much smaller percentage. So it barely plays into that score. The way it does have an impact on your rank is it impacts your conversion rate. And the main driver for rank on Amazon, on Walmart, sorry, is two different things. It's number one, your listing optimization. Number two, your conversion rate. So, um, which is like your listing optimization is optimization is your relevancy score and a bunch of other factors, but a big part is your conversion rate. Um, and once your listing gets indexed to a certain amount, which is like around page four, Everything from there is based on your conversion rate. So um, keywords, obviously, um, reviews impact your conversion rates a lot, which, in, in, you know, in turn, um, you know, impacts your rank. So um, that's a big um, kind of where it has the biggest kind of play, but it doesn't play as much of a role as Amazon. I see. Okay. And the, the other part I want to cover is the UGC on Amazon. So the, you have those questions and in fact, we advocate for posting, getting friends, family, whatever, uh, to post a question. And then you as a seller can answer with videos and things like that. Um, so that way you, you have another way of providing more content with videos and others. And also other people post their own answers with videos and otherwise on Amazon. So that's a big deal for getting more and more index for more uh, keywords. Is there such a thing on Walmart where you have that question area with the UGC? So there is, um, it's a great question. There is a, the question area, um, but you can't reply with a video or anything in there, but there is another section within rich media, which is called FAQs. And then within FAQs, you could write the question, you, you can make an answer and you can include an image or a video within the answer, within the reply. So that's what we do sometimes where it's um, within the FAQs, we'll actually generate some of those and, and publish some of that content. Okay. All right. So I think we've covered everything. So you've got your listing and uh, before we move on to the rest. So, the keyword research, is it the same as Amazon? You're basically looking at keywords that have the search volume and the competition and everything else. Is that is that the approach? So yeah, when you're doing keyword research, um, there's a few key things. Number one, you're gonna to wanna to search keywords that have high search volume on Walmart. It's different than Amazon. 
Um, a couple of tools have the Walmart capabilities, um, like Helium 10, um, and it's not exact, but you have a lot of information there of to estimate what the Walmart search volume for that is. So that's number one. Number two is you're going to want to actually um, look at those keywords and the placement of those keywords um, and see the competition on the keywords. The thing about Walmart is certain keywords are going to be a lot dominated by in-store products, right? And if a product is in-store, then a lot of times the first, a lot of the top placements are going to store show the in-store listing, which a lot of times is going to be much lower price because number one, it doesn't have shipping costs. But also, it, it it's just an in-store or a lot of high volume item, so they're able to really good costs on those. So a lot of times, it's harder to compete for those. So when you're deciding what keywords to address, you might want to go after something a little bit lower volume that there isn't as much of that competition there, so to say. Um, so you just have to keep that in mind when you're doing your keyword research. Usually, you know what I tell people is like, you're right. Like their in-store items are going to have a priority over yours, and people get salty about that, but. They have to realize that those items are bringing in a really large amount of revenue for Walmart, but Walmart's giving you the ability to rank right next to those items and people going to buy those items that they bought for years. They have a potential if you do a good enough job with your listing to buy yours. So I hear people complain literally every day, like Walmart's giving priority to those one P items. And yes, those one P items are in store. They're lower cost. They're higher volume product. A lot of times they're brands that are, are, you know, are national, legendary, trusted brands. You're a new brand. Walmart's giving you the opportunity to be almost right next to them, right? Now it's, it's going to be, you could get those customers if you do a good enough job. So it's just about having to, you know, kind of fight for that space and taking a lot of those customers. Um, and we've seen a lot of brands been able to successfully do that. And then we've been able to do that for a lot of successful brands. So when you're doing keyword research, just keep that in mind. Understand the keywords you're targeting. Understand what the shelf looks like, right? We always refer to it as the shelf on Walmart. Like, what does that shelf look like? What's the competition on that shelf? And then you could better identify what's going to be your target. Yeah. So this is almost like uh, appearing with a celebrity. You will get yep. the exposure, but you may not close the deal because they exactly. are not there for you. They're there for the celebrity, right? So, uh, okay. Um I want to move on to the real part where driving business to the listing. But before that, I want to cover one more area, which is very important. Again, if we are looking for the equivalent on Walmart for what exists on Amazon, that's the prime. It's the, the prime. If you are a prime listing, if you're using Amazon FBA, you become a prime listing. Uh, is uh, What is the concept on Walmart and what are some benefits or advantages, I should say, uh, or no difference at all? Walk us through that part of it. So great question. So Walmart has something called W, which is the equivalent to Amazon Prime, right? Um, and the program launched a few years ago. We were, as sellers, we were the first um, batch of sellers within the program when it was in beta. And since then, it's been growing the program is expanding a lot and it's basically the equivalent to Amazon Prime. They have fulfillment centers all over the US. Um, you make a shipment, you send in your product to them. They handle all the fulfillment and logistics. Then your listing gets a, a badge that it's um, WFS and estimated two-day delivery. Not only that increases your conversion rate, makes a better customer experience, but Walmart clearly states that they'll rank your listing higher by enrolling in that program and by your product being part of that program. So. Um, it's sort of a no-brainer. Um, for any items over $35, it's almost always a no-brainer. Items under $35 sometimes um, make as much sense because in order for customers to get the free shipping, their basket has to be $35. So if your product is a product that customers are buying in a bigger basket, like usually they don't come to Walmart to just buy that product, then it's fine. But if your product, people just come to Walmart, they'll just buy that product and leave and your product's priced at $20. Sometimes it doesn't make as much sense to be in WFS because of that. Um, one important thing to note about WFS, if your item is $9.99, make it $10 um, because any items under $10 get an extra fee of a dollar. So you might as well be $10 and um, you get a dollar less in fee. So um, yeah, that's just important to know about WFS. The program you know, is growing rapidly similar to, you know, Amazon. It's like, you know, it's not perfect. They make some mistakes. Um, we actually have the only Walmart reimbursement solution and we work, it's called Refund Stacker and we work 
like on auditing WFS shipments. And what we've seen is in a lot of ways, it's very comparable to Amazon. Um, you know, they're do a good job on most things. They're very easy to work with. Um, so we're, you know, they have us based support for, um, that we work with and they're able to just solve issues really quickly. So, um, they're a great program and they're growing really quickly and they're putting a lot of effort and investment into it. So yeah, I'm, we're strong believers in WFS and it's going to make all your efforts go much further. And WFS program rates, uh, is it just like Amazon per item, no matter where it ships? So very, very comparable to Amazon. It's like per item. Um, and then there's going to be, you know, the, the fee and then there's going to be storage fee. And then um, for the rate for shipping into them, they have a big contract with um, FedEx. The rates are very low when you're shipping into um, them, similar to how Amazon has those lower rates. Sometimes we see the rates on Walmart are even lower, sometimes much lower um, than Amazon for shipping it in. So um, yeah, there's good inbound rates as well. Okay, cool. So pretty much works the same way. That's what I'm understanding. Regarding the fulfillment aspect of it, what about dangerous goods? Because some items can be categorized as dangerous goods, even though they're not really dangerous, but categorizing categorization renders class eight, class six, whatever. Uh, is that accommodated? So there is, I don't want to misquote here, but there is, our team deals with this a lot. There is um, certain categories are, aren't allowed hazmat, certain categories that um, have, um, aren't allowed in certain categories that have um, limitations, right? And restrictions. I'm not sure exactly what they are. We have somebody on our, our team that handles all that stuff. So I'm not exactly sure what those are, but I know that sometimes things are miscategorized and you just have to work on getting those categorized and they will allow them some things, you know, they don't allow. Um, one important thing to note that they don't allow is anything that has to be refrigerated, anything that has, um, that, that has to be refrigerated. They don't allow in anything. I think it's over, if I'm not mistaken, 150 pounds. Um, but for the most part, most other things are allowed. So I'm, I'm assuming there is an approval process if your product is a hazmat classified product. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Because that's a while ago, a long while ago, uh, Amazon did not accept anything hazardous into FBA. Yeah. So, so just I don't, I have to check with my team on that. I, I know the Amazon limitations are very limited. It used to be more limited. It, it's been changing a little bit. So I'm not sure exactly what that is, um, but um, they have the information on their seller help guide about that. So I'll, I'll definitely double check on that. Okay. So, Michael, believe it or not, it's almost coming up to almost the shy of an hour. So uh, we're going to have to bring you back because we just started talking about this. So, I mean, I, I love this conversation because you're giving us very important uh, things. So um, let's spend two, three minutes before we move on to my favorite part of the show. Uh, but driving business to the listing. So the listing is created, you sent your first shipment and you're launching. So uh, give us some outline on launching. How do you launch and what is it that you're watching? So when we launch a product, um, there's a couple of things that are really important. Number one, conversion rate, right? So we said this before, you're going to want to make sure that your conversion rate is really high um, because you have this certain amount of period of time where it's not exactly like the honeymoon phase, but it's that it's made easier to show high conversion rate numbers when a listing is new because there's way less total traffic to it. So if you're sending very highly targeted traffic, conversion rate is going to be much higher. So um, for, you know, there's a weight on conversion rate per keyword and then on the overall listing. So you're going to want to really make sure that you're sending really high targeted traffic. So a lot of times we'll prepare, if you have an email list of customers, you know, we'll ask them before and if they're, interested in purchasing when we make it available on Walmart and selecting those customers and then sending them when the product becomes available. So we have very targeted traffic and we could show that really well. When we're creating our initial advertising campaigns, you're going to want to get advertising on Walmart is so powerful. It just has to be done the right way. And it runs very differently than Amazon in some ways. In some ways, it's very similar, but there's a big impact on how you could advertise based on your relevancy score behind your listing. So if you optimize your listing really well, like we spoke about in the beginning, it's going to make this job much easier, but still it's going to take a little bit of time till Walmart actually shows you in the placements till they show, till they show you more often, till um, they give you a higher relevancy score, which will allow you to spend more, which allow you to show higher performance. So a lot of times you have to be patient with the advertising, picking up that those learnings 
and then being able to kind of um, take it from there. So um, that's a really been a really big kind of thing with Walmart is properly crafting your advertising um, in the beginning also. So you're not advertising too randomly on random keywords because sometimes you might get traffic to those keywords, but if they don't convert well, it's not going to be good for your overall listing. So just because they're cheap cost per clicks and um, well, they might not be that expensive and some of them convert, you might you might not want to advertise on a lot of those keywords in the beginning. You're going to want to be much more targeted with how you're advertising. Um, and you're going to have to balance that because in the beginning, you're going to have to do some harvesting to get an idea of what type of keywords work. And it takes some time to get that. But if you're looking at your keyword list and some, you know, are just not great opportunities, like leave those for later when your listing's a little already more established and you can start testing with wider range of keywords. Um, but I wouldn't test too wide of that in the beginning. And that's really important to keep in mind when you're going through your launch phase and when you're working on doing that and just keep in mind, Walmart takes some time to pick things up. But once they do, you're going to start seeing your rank grow really well. And it, it's it's much easier to hold your rank on Walmart rather than Amazon. Um, there's less people constantly competing for those spaces. So um, it's it's an easier game in that regard. Okay. All right. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to end the, the Walmart discussion here. And let's call this part one. And then we'll continue. I'm dying to hear more about how to drive business and then of course the the numbers you know yep. what numbers are you watching and and how to access and then we'll discuss there's a lot more to cover as you know so um okay let's now get to know you how does a a high school graduate immediately starts building a private label product. So there must be some things that you must have done as a kid or whatever. Take us way back first, you know, tell us where you grew up and, and where did you realize, when did you realize that you wanted to build a business or you were business minded, put it that way. Yeah. So, um, interestingly enough, um, I really started during high school. So really early on, I started, um, I started in high, early high school. So I grew up, I lived in LA a lot of my life. I was born in Israel, moved to LA, moved to Toronto, and then moved back to LA. Moved, in long story short, moved to New York, moved to Israel, then moved back to LA. So I've, I've, I've made my rounds, but for, um, you know, at course at the end of elementary school and in the beginning of high school, I was living in Toronto at the time. And I, I just, I always liked being really busy and like doing things um, and was ambitious. So um, every time school ended, I always try to find different things to do. Um, I remember in that time, like my grandfather was a jeweler, a custom jeweler. So I spent a lot of time learning by him in his office and trying different things and working for him. And I was just, um, you know, trying a lot of different businesses, um, tried like we started a snow shoveling business, a lawn mowing business, those kind of classic things that some teenagers go through. So I started a lot with that. And then from there, um, uh, I just did odds and ends businesses. Um, and at that point, I was in 10th grade, we moved to Los Angeles. Um, and when my family moved to Los Angeles, um, I just was around, um, a couple people in my community that were selling a ton on Amazon and they were young and they were selling a ton on Amazon. Um, they were at that point doing, um, nine figures on Amazon had like a massive warehouse, like a million square feet. I'm like, I just need a, I just need to learn what this is, you know? Um, and it, they taught me a lot and I learned a lot about what it was. And I learned a lot about the business. And from there, I started selling on eBay. I started just buying items that I was reselling on eBay. Um, and like pretty quick into my e-commerce journey, I, I launched my first private label product. Within a few months, I found a product I really liked that I was passionate about, a space I was passionate about in the fitness space. Launched that. We actually launched it on, we got it. We were planning on launching on Amazon, but our first shipment was so small. We we listed it on eBay first. So like we'll list it on eBay at the same time and it sold out on eBay in a few days. I'm like, okay, that's crazy. So then um, we went through the Amazon phase and we really um, went learned a lot about it, launched the products on Amazon, did what really well there. So we got into a couple other categories on Amazon and you know we're growing on Amazon a lot. So throughout high school, we were building up that business. So by the time I left high school, it was already a significant enough business where I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to put all my focus. So during high school, it was hard, like balancing it. We had a warehouse a block away from 
my high school. So I would drive there in between breaks. It was like two blocks away, actually. High school became almost a chore for you because you had a business you were running, right? Exactly. Yep. And we like, I was working a lot with my brother. We would wake up late, um, early in the morning, pack up packages. We would go sleep really late at night. During breaks, we would do it. So it was yeah. just like that type of mentality. So what I want to know is, so you mentioned your grandfather was a jeweler and he's the one who kind of mentored you. Is that the case? Yeah. In the beginning, um, I spent a lot of time by him. Um, I was in the whole summer there. Um, and yeah, learned a lot from him, spent a lot of time there. Um, so, uh, is, is your family, uh, an entrepreneurial family, your, your, your dad, your, your mom, or is it just your grandfather? Um, I would say, mainly my grandfather there's some like cousins and some you know aunts and there's like a couple other people within family that are entrepreneurial but in general i wouldn't say not my all my siblings are all younger siblings are all entrepreneurs but um until then i don't think our family was that much of an entrepreneurial family i'm the oldest um i worked a lot with my brother and then like my younger sisters are now all entrepreneurs and like this is interesting because you know, what I was trying to find out is uh, growing up as a kid, the kind of environment you grow up in uh, is important because you're hearing stuff and, and you're seeing stuff and then you, you actually observe the, the psychology of your parents and, and how they react to things. As a kid, that's a big deal. In, in my family, my parents were doctors, so they would talk patients all day long. I mean, all, I should say dinner table, it was all about patients. So, uh, so I was wondering if your family uh, was having business discussions, but that's not the case. So it was all from your grandfather, right? Yeah, I guess that's where it all started. And did he live with you or? No, he li- we live in Toronto. He was in Montreal, but I would, I would go there. I would spend some time going there. How old were you when you started working for your grandfather? I think I was in like ninth grade. Maybe even earlier, maybe even eighth grade. And and what was it that you learned from him that you can remember today where you say, oh, this is what I follow to this day? I think there's hard work and discipline, like get to the office, focus in, do the work, don't get distracted by random things. They're very in detail into a project. And I think also some level of like a bar for like high excellence and like, wanting to make everything really good, giving it the right effort, the right focus. Um, so like that high bar of excellence, I think was one key thing. And and I heard you mention something also that was uh, different than what most people say. You always like to keep busy. Yeah. And why do you think you felt that? Why not just relax? I don't know. I, I Maybe I was born like that. Maybe it's like... I'm part of a big family, so I guess there's always stuff happening around me. So I was like being like a lot happening. Maybe that's why, but um, I have eight younger siblings. So um, did, did your grandfather hold working hard, staying busy as a standard or as a requirement for achieving those, uh, you know, achieving excellence? I think so. Both my grandparents parents work really really hard like from both sides my other grandfather um he lives further distance so we weren't like i didn't get as much time but still like he would come some summers and stuff um like he also like wakes up really early my family's all really hard working so i think i was always around really hard working you know my mother wakes up at four in the morning every day like everybody's just like in my in my family's like a lot of hard working so i think i've been around a lot of it so i was like hey that's what you have to do you know yeah. Well, I, I guess your grandfather subscribed to the philosophy that the harder you work, the luckier you get, right? <laughs> so, you know, that that's what, I mean, yeah. the way you're talking, like you don't, you don't uh, miss a beat, you don't even breathe, and uh, you're just talking back. So you, you are an active guy, a hyper guy. And uh, so you, clearly your grandfather put that in your DNA, so to speak, in your... So that's what my sign says over here. The sign that I have says work like hell. I mean, you just have to put 80 to 100 hours a week. This improves the odds of success from Elon Musk. So, um, yeah, I think... Oh, there you go. So it's... Uh, yeah, that that's how it is. And, you know, as you know, we get further and further into this 21st century, and, and now you have to compete with not, a, not other people, but with AI. 
<laughs> so, yep. so it really is no wonder why you like to just relax and do nothing on your vacation. So yeah. it makes sense. So, uh, Michael, it's great conversation, and uh, we are hoping that we'll do a part two and then continue this. I think uh, this is extremely valuable for Amazon sellers. Uh, having uh, somebody guide uh, you through is a big deal. So, tell us uh, how can people reach you? Give us your contact information. Um, so, to reach me, you could email me. Um, Michael at sellcord.com, S-E-L-L-C-O-R-D.com. You could get me on LinkedIn, um, Michael Lebhart. Um, and yeah, you could just reach out if you're interested in learning about Walmart, if you're, you know, have any questions about Walmart, if you want to jump on a quick call with my team to just see if your business is the right fit for Walmart and if you're Walmart ready. We manage over 400 brands on Walmart, um, Walmart approved partners. Um, we manage hundreds of millions of dollars in walmart.com sales. Um, my own brand has gone from Walmart marketplace into Walmart stores nationwide. So we're much ingrained in the Walmart space and that's all we focus on. So um, yeah, I would love to kind of discuss, see if there's a way we could help. Right. I'm sure people, people will reach out. So uh, it's a great, great call, great conversation, and uh, we hope to see you again, and thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Before I wrap up, I want to remind everyone to visit www.cellcore.co forward slash legends and mention Amazon Legends to get a free comprehensive audit and a $500 statement credit. It's time to conquer Walmart with Cellcore by your side. Thank you. And this brings us to another episode. Now I'll see you on the next. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the episode and share it with someone you think would benefit from it too.